wrong with me. Two. Nothing wrong with me. Three. Nothing wrong with me. Four. Nothing wrong with me. One. Something's got to give. Two. Something's got to give. Three. Something's got to give. Now. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Hey guys, I am Tyler Hosley, and I survived yet another Florida hurricane. Another one. How many is that this year? Uh, that was two this year. Eight total that I've been through. Yay. I'm Dave Gray. And this week I learned um, it's not how much money a movie makes at the box office that's important. It's how quickly I'll get angry if you use that as an argument against me. I'm Kevin Matthews and... Apropos of nothing, I'm just going to say that you shouldn't have an angry rant, shout fuck this movie, and then say spoiler warning, I guess. That's all I'm saying. And for no reason. Wait, wait, just, hold on. Have I ever done, I'm thinking. I mean, I, I know you're referencing not me, but I'm thinking, have I done that? No. You're usually pretty well behaved in the uh, the good manners of your rage, but I'm just saying. Anyway, it wasn't aimed at you. I know. A well, passing... I mean, we're you know we're two hundred and eighty four. Ah, I'll check later. We're two hundred and eighty some deep. I I don't think I've done that. I almost always get it out before I start. Once or twice, it'll slip out, but you know then I feel bad. Because I, I have guilt issues. And this is Raiders of a Podcast. Yeah! It's one of the things I feel guilty about. <laughs> I'm continuing my journey through film noirs, uh, including, finally, a Mexican noir that you told me about, Dave. Nice! The Kneeling Goddess was very good. Uh, yeah, so... I'm hoping to fit another Mexican one in this month, but just the way I plan my viewings, it might be tricky, uh, you know, because I have to make room for stuff like uh, last week. <sighs> I caved in and sat and watched Falling for Christmas with, uh, with Vicky because sometimes you have to do these things. Is Is that the Lindsay Lohan one? Yeah. Yeah, Killa's upstairs yeah. watching it right now. So if you hear somebody like with a smoker's croak, that's yeah, that's the TV. That's that's fine then because it's not good. And she co-stars with someone called Cord Overstreet, which I really think should just be the gimmicky name for the guitar aisle in a large music store. That's what Cord Overstreet is, not a charismatic actor. No, it has. Like, it just has general annoyance in almost every scene. The child actor was someone that I just wanted to slap aside through most scenes. And, you know, I, I don't mind Lindsay Lohan, actually. She's certainly not the worst thing in it. It's just, um, I think it's just a case of, feeling even cheaper and lazier than the other stuff that Netflix have done in terms of Christmas movies. Like, you know me, I've quite enjoyed a lot of the other ones, especially the Princess Switch movies. Um, they've, they've just been just, just right for me. I embrace the tropes. I don't mind the cheesiness. Oh, good. This one was sort of checking the boxes but in a way that just didn't seem fun or it didn't give you anything to care about so let's move on anyway uh slightly better although not much i rewatched confidence i'll be reviewing that on my blog next week do any of you remember confidence from 2003 uh no Okay, it's one of the few films to give another leading role for Charisma Vacuum, Edward Burns. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, some of it's okay, but not because of Edward Burns. Uh, you also have Paul Giamatti, Rachel Weiss, Dustin Hoffman. Like, it's got a good supporting cast. So I found enough to enjoy around it. But my God, whenever I watch a film role for Edward Burns, I'm just like, yeah, he he had a moment, didn't he? He had a moment where he was getting lead roles that he probably shouldn't have been getting because he has no real decent screen presence. It's it's not good. And uh, last but not least, really, I finally watched on our 10 out of 10 film in my noir quest. Uh, why did nobody tell me to watch Night Moves sooner? Dave, I'm looking at I you. I did. Did you? Yeah, I'm sure if we go back to various November tapes, I will say repeatedly, hey, you should see Night Moves at least yeah, once. I'm, I'm not getting hung up on the details. I don't remember you immediately telling me. Dude, to I've, I've told you so many movies. <laughs> the fact that you remember any I tell you is a yeah, mild I, shock. I'm sure many people have mentioned Night Moves as a great sort of neo-noir and just a great film from the 70s with Gene Hackman. And yeah, it, it's like an out of 10. In the past few weeks, I've seen about four movies I've rated 10 out of 10, one of which was a rewatch of In Bruges, which I just love. But that's been good going. That really helps to outweigh the moments when I watch stuff like Falling for Christmas. <laughs> That's me. I had a pretty short week. Uh, I watched Smile, which is now on uh, Paramount Plus, I think. Maybe Peacock. I don't remember now. Peacock. Yeah, it's on Peacock. I didn't care for it. Like, it's it's competently made, and uh, Swarry's Bacon is fine. It's just kind of, it's kind of there. They kind of waste Kyle Gallner, which is kind of criminal, because he's always excellent. The scares kind of suck. The story kind of wastes itself. Like, I want a good horror movie about mental health, but that, it's not this. Like, I just, I didn't connect with it. I was really fucking bored throughout all of it. And everybody acts like an overwhelming asshole from the word jump, which, you know, okay, fine. But give me some lead up between, hey, I saw something weird and I'm gifting someone something. And it's just, see, I didn't do the spoiler and I, I almost did. I caught myself. I'm I'm good like that sometimes, occasionally, not often. I just, it just didn't work for me at all. I don't think it's going to hold up long term, uh, you know. I'm I'm glad it made big companies all the money it made them. Yay, good for them, I guess. And uh, besides that, we watched a Johnny Toe movie this week, and I fucking love Johnny Toe, so I went back and I watched Election, which is one of my favorite movies that I love and we haven't covered yet, and we will someday. And then I followed it up with the sequel, Triad Election, and why hasn't Criterion released these? These two flicks really need a good disc release. What the hell, man? Come on, get let's get on it. They're great. Let's Let's see it. I am ready. And then uh, I capped off my week with the new documentary by uh, one of my favorite film critics from way long back. Uh, Elvis Mitchell's documentary, Is That Black Enough for You?, which you can watch on Netflix. It's um, an, an examination of African-American films. Uh, their history, Steve. yeah. I'm actually fan. Yeah. Oh, oh, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, earlier today on, on your uh, word of recommendation. Yes, I forgot yeah. to mention it. Oh, yeah. Bonus. Uh, you know, I just wanted to be in Daddy Dave's good books. Yeah. So he edits <laughs> out all of my mistakes. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's a really good overview. Uh, there's a lot of you know nice little talking heads. I think it kind of, um, like, I, you know, I, I get the point that it kind of, you know, it, it became a touchstone genre and it's, it's gotten to everything, but it kind of fizzles out for the reasons why, uh, black exploitation burned out in the eighties. I mean, it, you know, 
I think pointing at the Wiz is is a little bit more simple than the rest of the like the rest of the movie is is brilliant. It's this great examination going back to the the birth of film, and um, it's excellent. It's well worth looking out. It, yeah, it's really good. Like I can't say enough nice things about it, even though I, I have one or two little nitpicks, but they're nitpicks and. Uh, you know, I, I, man, I, I hope Mitchell gets another flick done soon because it's, it's fantastic. It, it's really good. And his passion comes through. I, I love the, the way they narrate it. Cause it's not, I mean, the problem with a lot of, for me, a problem with a lot of movie documentaries lately. And by lately, I mean like the last 15 years or so where they're just kind of aggressively checking off boxes. And this is more than that. I mean, like, yeah, they drop, like, they name drop a couple hundred movies and they reference a couple hundred more. And there's images from, like, another hundred films. But it's not just checking off, we've got to talk about this movie and 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 this movie. We have to tell this story and this story and this story and this story and this story. There's a more personal bent to it, both from uh, Mitchell and from some of the people he interviews. And I think that goes a, a long way to it, with it. It's it's pretty excellent. Um, you know, du double feature it with Horror Noir on Shudder. I, I think you're, you got a good evening laid out for you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Ch check it out. Or might I suggest double feature with a looped video clip of Harry Belafonte basically telling you to go fuck yourself. God, I fucking love Harry. Like, I liked Harry <laughs> yeah. Belafonte before. I am a fan. But after seeing him in this, oh, fuck, man. I love him. He's, like, I he's love him. awesome. Now. Yeah. He is the best. But no, really, uh, is it black enough for you? Go, Go watch it. It's on Netflix. I watched The Lost City, which I did not really care for, if I'm being honest. I love Channing Tatum, and I love Sandra Bullock, but they just seemed like they were phoning it in. And Channing Tatum usually has great comedic timing. I think he's great in comedy. Like, he's excellent in the 221 Jump Street movies. Um, it's not a comedy, but he was fantastic in Magic Mike. I just, I really like Channing Tatum. I think he's great. Uh, Sandra Bullock, I've always loved. She's just amazing. But... They just were kind of meh here. The best part about this movie was Brad Pitt. And uh can't spoil anything, but he's not in the movie very long. Um, it's just very predictable, very standard rom-com that just didn't really work. And wasn't really that funny. But comedy is subjective. So other people might think otherwise. I just was not a fan of that one. Um, and besides that, I've just been binge-watching Andor, which I'm fucking loving. It's like by far the darkest thing in the Star Wars universe thus far. I mean, it's so dour and so downbeat. The opening scene is Andor looking for his sister in a sci-fi red light district brothel, which I never thought I'd see prostitution portrayed in something Star Wars related. But here we are. Uh, if you don't like Rogue One, I, this probably won't work for you. But what if I specifically hated the character of Cassie and Andor because his whole point of existing is to drag down the awesome female character and the awesome uh, Asian characters. Because, I mean, that's literally the character's whole point of existing. Uh, this show is not for you, Dave. Um, I would definitely not recommend it. I mean, I, it's, he's not, he's a little bit different than he was in Rogue One. Um, but you probably will not like this show. I, yeah, there, there's, the, there's a, just a good guarantee you will not dig this. Um, I still say give it a chance. If you don't like that first episode, I would say just tune out. I think the first episode is fantastic. But uh, I would say if you're not a fan of Rogue One or Andor, it's not going to be for you. Um, but I still say give it a shot. Just uh, just that first episode. But uh, I, I love it. I love Rogue One. I, I mean, I, I could take a leave Andor as a character. I mean, Rogue One was great, but I thought, uh, what, what the hell's her name? What's the girl's name? The lead, her name is slipping me. The actress, Jesus. Um, oh shit, Jin. Oh, what the fuck's her real name? The actress. Oh my god, 
I have no idea who's in Andor. Sorry. Oh no, I'm talking about Rogue One. The the lead actress in Rogue One. Um, oh, uh, uh, was it Felicity Jones? Yes, I, I, I was. Thought... I see. I thought Kevin would be all on top of that one. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about the lead actress. I, I she she was the best part about Rogue One for me. So and Andor was just kind of there, but I'm liking his character in this. So it's worth a shot if you like if you liked Rogue One. And uh, that is me. This week, we uh, had a double shot of Hong Kong flicks with uh, 1986's action film produced and directed by Corey Yoon, starring Yoon Bao, Writing Wrongs, and the 2004 martial arts drama comedy directed by Johnny Johnny Toe, Throwdown. Hey, Tyler. Yes, sir. Do you want to pick a movie and tell us about it? Yeah, I'm going to go with Writing Wrongs. Uh, Jason Chan, a lawyer angry at the way the law seems to protect the bad guys, he decides to take the law into his own hands when a key witness and his entire family are murdered. But Cindy C. is soon on his case, and it all spirals into a situation only a few will survive. So it finally happened, guys. We actually watched a good movie with Cynthia Rothrock in it. Yay! We did it. It had to there's happen no, eventually. Yes, there's no croquet, nothing. We just watched a good Cynthia Rothrock movie. Um, even though you can see a lot of the scenes has obvious stunt doubles for the fights, the stunt work in this is fucking incredible. This, honestly, and this is no joke, has some of the best fight choreography I've ever seen. It's fucking insane. I mean, like with most Hong Kong action movies, I really thought the tonal shifts of broad comedy and crime drama would hurt this movie but it doesn't hear at all uh, it balances the humor and the action so well because there really isn't that much humor in this one it's there but it's not nearly as much as the previous ones like yes madam uh, it actually gets super dark at times too which i wasn't expecting at all the violence is amazing it's just bloody and brutal it's just it's fucking wonderful Corey Yen is fantastic uh, everything i've seen from him except for Yes, Madam, which we've watched not that long ago, I've pretty much loved. I mean, the first Transporter, the Enforcer, both legend movies, no no retreat, no surrender. Hell, even DOA is pretty great in a terrible way, but I love that movie. Um, this movie blew me away, though. It, it's like an adrenaline shot of pure chaotic action. I just, I enjoyed the fuck out of this. Yeah, I... I mean, Kevin beat me to it. This was on my list to eventually force you guys to watch. I'm a big fan of it. Um, I think Rothrock is excellent. Her fight scenes in this are, I mean, they're pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> like, they're just some of the best fight scenes ever filmed. I mean, if you ask me, personally speaking, uh, the, the, her first fight scene in the, um, in the, uh, Mahjong parlor, is amazing, and the one later in the parking, the parking structure fight with Bao is great. I mean, all the fights are fantastic, except the last fight. That's a bit of a letdown, personally speaking, because all the others have some amazing segment that are. It's just wow, like the 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 bamboo um, rigging in the park in in another one. There's just, I mean, there's all some awesome moments and, you know, I, I, I do feel the, the ending fighting kind of lets it down a little, but you know, um, usually I, I hate, I hate eighties Kung Fu Hong Kong, uh, comedy. Like I, I've gone on record before to say that I, I think the lucky stars are, are crimes against art. They should just be, you know beaten uh yes madam is half of a good movie with two wonderful female leads and then half of a painful film and this one has its i don't think it's a lucky star but it has its own version of that but unlike uh yes madam that storyline comes to uh an unexpected and really satisfying conclusion uh they don't just leave the character to bumble around ha 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 uh, so, you know, I, I like how that works out. I, I like, um, 
I like some of the costumes. Oh man, some of these outfits are the most 80 things you'll ever see. Cynthia Rothrock's first outfit is totally color-coordinated right down to the eyeshadow. I mean, it's pretty fucking amazing. Uh, the fights are good. The the heavies are good. I mean, you know, I, I can nitpick the screenplay or the fact that they keep sending the worst assassins ever. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's a, it's an absolute awesome time. I watched this movie three times this week. I watched the Hong Kong cut. I watched the hundred minute, uh, mainland Chinese cut. And I watched the, um, the English language version, which is called, um, uh, above the law. I brain farted for saying this back. Uh, and you know what? All three are a good time. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I wish I had time to watch all the different versions. I can't even remember what version I watched. Um, but I also managed to fit in some snippets of one of the interviews with Rothrock on the disc. It was it was really quite enjoyable. I don't sleep. I have you know seven <laughs> nights between episodes, and I found three nights to rewatch this. And I I wish I'd found a fourth, so I could have watched Roth listened to Rothrock's commentary on my beautiful Vinegar Syndrome disc. And I wish they yeah. paid me for dropping that in because it's a beautiful <laughs> disc. I think it's the same disc. Basically, the eighty eight films have released here seems to be a a very um, similar, like, features-packed version. All the different versions of the film on there, all the featurettes, a number of commentaries, interviews and stuff. So, like, either side of the pond, I say this is definitely worth picking up. And, uh, yeah, I agree. It was good to see one of the better Rothrock films and I'm always down to watch some uh, Yin Bio. I I thought this was pretty great. I was b- being amused uh, when I was finding the obvious uh, stunt doubles for Rothrock. I say stunt doubles. I don't know if they just like did some reshoots and put someone in a few scenes because there are moves that are done by someone in a skirt and blouse that. I watch and think, well, Rothrock can do those moves. Like, you know, I'd understand it if it was, say, some of the stuff they do, like just dropping people from tall buildings. But uh, the, there were moments in that. It, it's in, I think, the, the Mahjong uh, parlour where I noticed uh, some really egregious doubling work. And I'm like, well... Rothrock could have done that. So I'm not sure why. But it's it's one of those things that uh, it's fun now to pick out on your Blu-ray where you can pause and rewind and double-check your eyesight. Um, it is what I, it is. I do actually know why that could have happened. Oh, Because um, there were reshoots demanded that the movie didn't go over well in te- test audiences. And when they needed Rothrock to come back, she was also shooting China O'Brien. Right. So there's there's time where she just could not physically be there. Yeah, because she was busy at this time, wasn't she? She was due to, I think, initially got to be in Armor of God, and Jackie Chan had one of his many injuries that caused some scheduling conflicts, so she ended up doing this one. I think this was the other big one. This was after Yes, Madam. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Yes, Madam was her first. It was also uh, Michelle Yeoh's first. And that was And eight, I was assuming, assuming they kept calling her Madam as a little nod to that. Maybe. Or maybe they just call a lot of women Madam. Uh, but I thought that it's hard to tell, though, because as Cynthia Rothrock says, like, she was just doing her lines and then they were dubbed over later so she was saying whatever could be dubbed over uh, sometimes she wasn't even sure of 
what the intent of our lines were meant to be. So anyway, this is all about the fights and the fights are great. The the fight with uh well, the the fights with Rothrock are great because there's a Mijong one and um Dave already mentioned the the fight with Bao, but I also really like her fight with Karen Shepard uh towards the end, which I'd seen before in a clip of great martial arts moments. I believe it was a video hosted by uh, Chuck Norris. I was young. I was naive. It was the only way to see clips of good martial arts films that weren't available to me. You have to forgive me. Uh, But that was awesome. And then I've always been a fan of Bio. His stunt where he is being chased down by cars actually looked insane where he's caught between two cars that front end one another and he's right between the wheels and then the two cars attached basically drive slash reverse along with him still between the wheels I know there could have been stuff in place to make that a lot safer than it looked but I suspect <laughs> it maybe wasn't as safe as it could be. Um, it was jaw dropping, like that. This whole film is awesome, but I think I rewound that bit about four times. I was I was doing a uh, verbal notes the first time I watched mm-hmm. it. And that scene, my notes are no, 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 no. Because it's you know it's good enough when he's like jumping over cars or being hit by cars. I'm like, oh yeah, Bao can take a hit or he can jump and flip. And then when they mashed, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. And when they start driving, it was pretty much the same as you. I was like, what? No, it's insane. It's just brilliant. I don't think, you know, I don't think people really watch this for the plot and the twists and turns it takes, but I think it does okay with um, with what it's sort of laying out to to couch all the fights in. I do agree with, uh, if we're sort of thinking about the same thing, I do agree with the what Dave said about the finale being slightly disappointing like it is one of the weaker fights although uh, something happened at the end here that I didn't expect so I hadn't known about that in advance and I was a bit you know ended up being a pleasant surprise but there's just some other stuff that yeah it, it pales in comparison to so much that has gone before I actually didn't find the humour that bad here uh, as well. You know, like you say, Dave, and we sort of brace ourselves with these films. Um, I thought this was okay, it, especially early on, where there's, um, I, I can't remember the character's name, but it's basically one of Rothrock's colleagues being a bit of a smart ass and speaking in, is it Cantonese? Uh, well, yep. depending on whatever dub you watch, I guess. And then Rothrock manages to uh, also speak in the same language and show him that he's not uh, able to say anything in secret alongside her. Like that was quite fun. It's a it's a really great martial arts movie. Um, yeah, that's. There's nothing more I can really say about. It. I think this is this is top tier for this kind of stuff, and I look forward to finding more of them because there seems to be quite a few more of these getting tidied up and released now. I don't know if you get the same selection uh, over your way, but this was quite recently released here, and obviously there have been a few other Yun Bio ones in the past year or so. With like knockabout, uh, dreadnought, the uh, the prodigal son, 
I think there are one or two more. I just ordered one today, Dave, that I'm assuming you'll be very pleased with. It is a Michelle Yeoh film. And the description was something like she plays a slightly Indiana Jones-inspired figure. Um, It's not Magnificent Guardians or... What is that? Damn it, I can't remember. Do you know the one I mean? Um, I'm I'm thinking. I mean, it. Yeah, it's like clicking a a nerve, but it's not quite. Wait, I'll just. You know what? I've got the email receipt here. Is it Magnificent Warriors? I yes. Think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looked good. I'm happy with that. And obviously Arrow here in the UK have been releasing the Shaw Brothers box sets. Uh, eight films have done other stuff from Shaw Brothers and different releases. So it seems to be a bit of a sort of golden time to be picking up some more of these again. A lot of them that were just available on Marquee Video, if if at all for us. Is that the same your way or is this just some random Vinegar Syndrome one? compared to the stuff they usually put out. Um, yeah, vinegar syndrome. I mean, that's the problem. It's like everything where like some folks will do it and it'll get picked up or it won't over there, over here. Like I think, uh, uh, magnificent warriors is Eureka over there. I haven't heard anything about it here yet. I want uh, it yeah. though. I, I fucking uh, yeah. want it bad. Uh, <laughs> it, it is Eureka. I think it just announced it today and I was straight on the trail of that just so I could have it covet it and make you jealous with it hey if they don't announce it in the US yeah I will be well I mean I have a region free player so only for a little while but yeah Shit. and there's probably people who would have known about all of these years ago with say VHS tapes and whatever they could get their hands on but I was uh, yeah I think my knowledge really stopped and started with Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and you know I I encountered Dragons Forever years ago and was a big fan of that. So it's good to I mean I'm I'm picking up lots of these now. And there will be a few stinkers in the pile. And I know I've got that lucky stars collection that uh you you roll your eyes at and will be scared in case I pick. But I'll stick them on, I'll check them out, I'll have fun. It's yeah, it feels like a bit of a golden time for fans of all these martial arts movies, which is great. Which will then take us to another martial arts movie that Dave gave us, uh, Throwdown. Johnny Toe's 2004 film. I've got questions, Dave. I've got questions. I might have answers. Thank you. I'm not going to read out the names of the writers because I'm worried that I've written them down the wrong way but basically there is a guy who was a former judo champion who now seems to spend his time just helping to run a bar and get drunk uh, he's played by Louis Koo he's challenged by a young man called Tony Aaron Kwok who wants to take our people on judo, judo and uh, get lots of fights and be victorious. He also ends up helping a young woman called Mona who comes to a bar to sing and gets sort of involved in between the guys played by Cherry Ying. Uh, that is the main core of the film but there is also a character played by Tony Lung who was uh, an older opponent slash bully of the main character, and that could lead to another confrontation judo fight. That's what I've got from Throwdown. Now, there's a plot development here that is explaining why one character is setting out to, to pick fights and wants to wants to sort of defeat other people or challenge them while he has time. 
And I guess I'm going to put a spoiler warning here because I have something specific to ask Dave. So spoiler warning here. So Dave, the main character that has the degenerative eye condition. Yes. Yeah. Now that, see, I don't know if my subtitles went out of sync because I initially thought that was Tony, the young guy. No, I thought he Tony... said that at one point, but then it was Bo, yes. who's Tony... the main character, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. And but I get I why you're confused. Was, Tony used that. Speaking... Tony used that excuse to get a fight with um, boss, not boss savage. You know the, the the big guy that whooped his, kicked his shit out of him. Oh. And he got that because he looked in, um, Bo's locker. The locker and saw the right the all the, the, oh, the optometrist prescription or the medical note yeah, yeah right okay right because I'm thinking at one point I'm like either the subtitles have got to sync or you know maybe Bo is talking but the camera is looking at Tony and then it kind of never goes back to it again with Tony and the main focus is is Bo's journey. And why he's there, right? That that clears that up. But because he tells the girl, and she asks, and that's what pisses off yeah. Bo enough and launches his the return of his competitive spirit. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, now that's cleared up. I have to say that I like Throwdown, and. As little as I know about it, I thought the judo on display looked, uh, looked pretty good. It was it was visually satisfying without feeling overdone, uh, sort of covered up with bells and whistles. It was just uh, good. The the small, I would say, uh, infrequent bouts of action are really well shot, really clear, really nice. The characters are good. I mean, there are a couple of other supporting characters that um, weave in and out of the main storyline. And I managed to place who was with who, and that worked out well. But they're they're good in that they're, they're memorable, their motives are interesting, and it gives them a reason to collide. Where it didn't quite work for me was it did still feel a little disconnected in between the 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 different scenes. Like when when the three main characters first come together, that feels very rushed and kind of. <sighs> Almost like they have no real reason to stay there. They do give them enough reason, but it it feels very tenuous. And so going from there, it's it's almost like a light breeze could blow this trio, you know, in separate directions. And yet it kind of holds fast enough because it needs to for where the narrative's going and the story being told. And I like the story being told. I like where it goes. And it's really, it's just surprisingly wonderful by the time you get to the finale, I think. Really kind of uplifting and, uh, I was going to say bittersweet, but maybe just sweet and yeah, I just really liked where it ended up. I think there were a few too many moments where it wandered off a bit too far for me while I was playing a bit of catch-up. But again, I had that confusion uh, because I'd misinterpreted the, the, the character of Tony and not realising he was telling a lie that he'd picked up from elsewhere. So that was my fault. But I, I just think it's, um, it, 
it still has, I would say, at least a middle section that feels a little bit, yeah, sort of disconnected and light compared to what certainly comes in by the end and gives it added weight and impact. And and that's because I think that's helped by the characters all being good enough and Johnny Toll being good enough as a director to, to make everything work really well. I, I just think the script could have done a bit better in terms of, uh, you know, getting people in place and keeping them together in a way that felt a bit stronger and just maybe in a way that could have felt a bit more streamlined but I'm not meaning that in a really just cheesy obvious way it's just something that would have just rounded the edges off slightly would have helped for me but we've established that I'm simple enough to have got confused with two of the main characters here so I would tell everyone to accept my opinion with reservations I went into both of these completely blind this week, and I am just so happy I did. I, this was amazing. Like, I really loved this movie. I, I, I love how genre-bending it was, too. I I just, I love the tone of this. It, it could be sweet and wholesome one second, and then super violent the next. The, the mood and style of this movie just flows so naturally. I mean, for a movie with such a whiplash of tone, it just, it works. I do get what Kevin was saying about it wandering off a bit, but that's kind of what I personally loved about it. I mean, visually, it looks fucking gorgeous. I'm like an easy lay for neon, so throw some neon lighting in that bitch and you stole my heart. So, and the lighting in this is amazing. The characters here are amazing. They're wonderfully written. There's hardly any exposition at all, which may throw the casual viewer off, but yet I still got super attached to all these characters. The script for this really is top fucking notch. It's, I'm not overly familiar with Johnny Two's movies. I looked at his filmography after watching this, and the only thing I've seen before this movie was Drug War, which I also <gasps> loved. Oh, we're going to have to fix that. Yeah, I've only seen Drug War, which I also loved a lot. thought that was great. But this movie, this was one of the most unique film experiences I've seen on this show thus far. And I am so fucking happy I blind bought that beautiful Criterion Blu-ray for this because amazing. Just incredible, incredible film. And I'm so happy Dave picked this because it was great. Um, Yeah, I love Throwdown. I, but, you know, again, I love Johnny Toe's work. Um. I, I really do. Two of the screenwriters, uh, Yao Nai, I'm I'm so sorry, I'm butchering your name, <laughs> Yao Nai Hoi and Yip Sing, uh, Yip Tin Sing, would uh, immediately go on to write uh, Election and Election Two. Uh, I think one of them also wrote um, Triangle. The Zoo, Hark, Ringo, Lamb, and Johnny Toe all directed um, uh, anthology flick, which is pretty good. And the third one wrote um, Mad Detective and um, a bunch of other stuff. They've they've all three have worked with um, Toe quite a bit and um, Y Kafai. And you know they've they've written solid screenplays, and this one is great. Uh, yeah, like I, I get Kevin's point that it does kind of meander a bit in the middle, but it's it's not really like a, a narrative driven film. Like this is very much about the three characters who are. I adore them and I love their friendship. Uh, the scene with the balloon is just gorgeous. I I love that so much. Um, watching, watching, uh, Tony go from fight to fight is, is a blast. Um, seeing, uh, Mona's rejection and trying to figure out what to do next is, is really, it's really good. 
And then the last act, watching Bo get his joy back, is, like, it's infectious. I never thought watching people fight could be such a joyous experience. I mean, before the first time I saw this. Like, just the, the look of sheer happiness on his face when he challenges some of them is fantastic. And the last fight is is brilliant. Um. Yeah, I love this movie. It's beautifully shot. I mean, some of the shots in this are just... I mean, they're like next-level gorgeous. Just jaw-dropping. With some really neat angles at times. Um, Let's see. The soundtrack is really good. Yeah, it's it's just really good. I love the money chase shot. That's I mean that's uh, fantastic. Um just I love the the arc of uh Bo. Like going from hopelessness to to finally like embracing not just his situation but also his last go on the thing he loves. It's 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 amazing. I love this movie. I love I love uh, Johnny Toe's work so much. And every time I see one that I haven't seen around, and I haven't seen Throwdown for, I mean, it's probably been five years, and then Criterion released it, and I've been holding on to it, waiting to pick it, and waiting for them to release Election, and, you know, maybe Mad Detective, and Vengeance, and maybe a few others, but, you know, whatever. No rush, guys. No rush. Like they were listening to that, <laughs> um, you know. I I I think he's I think he's one of the best directors working, and his two uh, thousands output was just. I, it's it's kind of a shame that it, it a lot of it got overlooked, and I think election only got. A little play because it was in, uh, you know, the, it was the one of the tartan extremes that was, you know, signed off on by um, Quentin Tarantino. But Toe is is brilliant, and his films are wonderful, and they don't get the love they deserve. And Throwdown is heartbreaking and joyous and sad, and it, it's it's great. It's brilliant. I love this movie. And that's why, I, and I, I love writing wrongs also. So I'm going to have to ask you guys to pick one. And, and I don't know if I can yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved writing wrongs. I thought it was really a fun martial arts movie, but writing wrong, I mean, uh, Throwdown was perfect. So yeah, Throwdown. <laughs> I am sticking with the simple yun bio pleasures of righting wrongs, but I really like Throwdown. I'll need to rewatch it, and I also might say, isn't it only about ninety-five minutes? It is ninety-five minutes, yeah. But I don't mean this as a criticism. It's a uh, like it's so well paced that it just feels like it's taking its time, letting the story play out really beautifully so there's so much that I liked him throw down that it's a, it's a lot closer but you know I had that issue as well when I was trying to get on the Criterion channel so I interrupted so I had to wait till the next night and I just think maybe there's a time when I sit down again uh, if they do have a nice Criterion Blu-ray out here at any point or maybe they do already and let it wash over me for now it's writing wrongs but I want you to know that I liked your film, Dave. Yeah, I watched it on disc, and it's. Oh, I watched it. I watched it twice. Um, I watched. I watched both movies repeatedly this week because I, lo I. I do. I love them both, but for me, it's Throwdown. Just like just by a little hair, and I mean, it, it probably if you ask me any time, it's going to be Throwdown. I really like writing wrongs. It's a fun movie that, uh, you know, I can watch whenever, but 
like Throwdown is something to me. Throwdown is something special, and it just it's just that little bit. It's that little bit next level, something unique that I I adore. So yeah, it's it's Throwdown for me. Oh, I'm going order, and uh, yeah, I you are. It's released here by Eureka. Oh, yeah, you're going to order it. You're going to order it. If it's the Criterion Restoration, it's gorgeous. It is like it's like a painting at times. I watched it once on my TV and I was like, yeah, that was okay, but that was not good enough. I then had I immediately dug out the projector and watched it again just so I could really appreciate it properly. It's oh, it's it. Yeah, you're going to buy it. I'm I'm adding it to my wish list just now because <laughs> I have already got in trouble this week. <laughs> Too many arrivals. Uh, well, next week is we're we're bringing November to an end with '90s erotic thrillers, and uh, Tyler is making us watch the Wachowski brothers' criminal classic Bound, and Kevin went with. Uh, Everyone, uh, my generation's favorite theatrical release, Wild Things. And I am going with, now I asked them to guess and they couldn't guess. So uh, if you'll bear with me a second, I'm going to send them a gif of of my pick. Fuck. And Sorry. <laughs> we're going to hear a real-time reaction. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> nice. I don't know how I didn't guess that. My pick is the movie that killed 90s erotic thrillers. I'm going with uh, the classic Showgirls. Which, not to spoil my thoughts, that movie is a fucking masterpiece. So, yeah, it's going to well, be a hard week. I mean, that was that was the goal, was to make next week as hard on you as this week was <laughs> on me. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter at Raiders of the Pod. We're on Facebook where I most of the time now remember to do a midweek post. Uh, we're on Instagram, Raiders underscore of underscore the underscore podcast. We have a YouTube channel where you can subscribe, like, and comment and watch Kevin's awesome videos weekly. And you can always email us at Raiders of the Podcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me, guys. I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Yeah.